He wondered if she stood in front of that mirror and rehearsed the things she said. It was like seeing the same play over and over again. That was one thing about lying. You never wanted it to sound rehearsed. She stood, pulling an armful of clothes from the dryer and dropping them in the basket. He couldn't tell if she was using any less makeup. It still looked like a painted mask, the edge of it not quite meeting her hairline. Sometimes he thought about seeing if he could peel it back to reveal what lay underneath. Mean fists or not, the bed gets lonely without someone in it. Shit, I haven't been alone in bed since your daddy came and I crawled out my window. She dumped ash on the floor before sticking the cigarette back into her mouth. One side clenched down around the filter, making her face uneven, like old Mrs. Ashworth after she'd had her stroke. I didn't know I was trading one bad man for another, but at least your daddy was better in bed than mine. He didn't want to hear this. Rolling his eyes, he pushed off the washer and started up the stairs, palms skimming the handrail. Hey, Runt, you're supposed to be helping me. Get your ass back down here. Ignoring her, he yanked his dad's old Union jacket from the shiffer robe in the entryway and pulled it over his shoulders, the sleeves hanging to his fingertips, shoulders still too wide. He closed the door on her, ungrateful bastard, and loped off the porch, body all right angles, his joints loose as if he wasn't securely put together yet. The wind blew up the street, ruffling his hair as he stared at the red brick duplexes across Tam Avenue, satellite dishes sticking out like malignancies. He kept his eyes trained on Cindy McClellan's upstairs window, hoping to catch sight of her moving behind the glass. At night he sat in the dark, watching as she changed without pulling the blinds. He liked it best when she raised her arms, her breasts jutting out in small peaks, her nipples perfect exclamation points. One of these days he was going to try out his fuck-me smile on her. The sun was just starting to go down, highlighting the tower on the old Forest Park Hospital along the east side of the neighborhood. Soon, they would gut it, tear it down to build another parking lot. It was what happened to abandoned places. He walked past green, white, and orange, the Irish flag painted on the curb, and flying high, down past the faded shamrocks on Tam Avenue. Concentrating on taking deep, burning breaths, he walked through the fog of each exhale, pretending it made everything new. There were still kids climbing on the giant stone turtles poised mid-crawl over Turtle Playground, arms out as they walked along the back of the long stone snake, moms and dads watching, laughing. The constant hum of traffic on 64, edging Dogtown, followed him as he turned from their laughter and made his way up to the swings at the end of the park. At this time of day, it was mostly grown-ups in this part of the park. It was his favorite time to swing. With them here, he didn't feel too old to be playing. Maybe growing up wouldn't be so bad if he could still swing. He closed his eyes, pumping his legs and thinking about his dad as he listened to the squeak of the chain. It wasn't unusual for Val to leave on business, but he always said goodbye, and he always let Ian know when he was coming back. Ian knew better than to think his dad was a saint. He'd overheard Mrs. Donovan say Valentine had a quick smile and an even quicker zipper. He'd never knocked Ian around, but he knew his dad had quick fists as well. He was loud and boisterous, and life seemed to bend itself to his will. The thought of going back to a house filled with Vicky's practiced monologue and the choking haze of cigarette smoke twisted his stomach up. Pulling his dad's coat closer around himself, he watched as the sun set the children's laughter disappearing as they made their way home.
That night he could hear Vicky laughing through the wall, her high, fragile cackle scattered by a deeper rumble. For all she talked about her bed being lonely, she hadn't spent much time alone since his dad disappeared. Ian couldn't figure out if she thought he was deaf or just stupid. He curled up on his side, listening to the squeak of the bed and her grunting moans, his stomach tight, face hot. Tension coiled in his belly, cock-hard whether he wanted it or not. Reaching down into his pajamas, he touched himself, the warnings of Sister Teresa running through his head. He didn't want to think of Vicky, of her makeup mask and ashtray stench, so he turned his thoughts to Cindy. Cindy McClellan's tits, Vicky's groans, and his hand. And he was coming over his fingers, eyes closed against the tears, the heat in his stomach burning to ash as he pressed his face against the pillow to soothe the sharp sting in his eyes. Benny.